The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest, Cameron Brandt, Director of Research at EPFR, to take a look at markets. Cameron, earlier this year, I found myself asking the question uh, to many guests, uh, boy, once we get the China reopening and once we get the Fed to uh, kind of uh, peak in terms of hawkishness, um, you know, how do you like, uh, how do you like the, the notion of a big rebound? And we've, we've got sort of both of those things uh, in the back pocket now, and somehow we're not uncorking the champagne. Why? Well, um, I, I think in both cases, there's a, a big asterisk. Um, you know, China has uh, effectively abandoned zero COVID, but now we have to uh, get through the COVID that's been unleashed before the, uh, the presence under the tree can be opened. But money is still chasing that rebound. Uh, in the case of the U.S., uh, you know, the Fed has not... Uh, unequivocally said that the pivot is close. It's still, uh, I think, trying to keep its options open in case inflation proves stickier. So, um, you know, there really isn't a reason to open the champagne uh, on on the uh, U.S. interest rate side just yet. Uh, Cameron, just to follow up on China, how much of this China risk has been affected in by markets? Could China news drive assets even lower now in 2023? Oh, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, it's very hard to gauge risk in China. Um, you know, official data is fairly, I think, uh, carefully curated. Um, and uh, we really don't know quite uh, how the sort of uh, post-restriction uh, COVID wave will run. Um, it does seem that uh, the Chinese leadership has has sort of realized that, um, you know, there are consequences to some of the actions they've taken, and we are seeing uh, modest relaxations of, of restrictions that have hobbled uh, the tech and property sectors. Um, but uh, you, I think we all know that the authorities there will react pretty strongly uh, if the uh, uncertainty and slowing economic growth causes any kind of social issues. Well, there's so much negativity. I, I find myself wanting to push back on it a little bit. Uh, I, I think we're overthinking it if we're trying to turn the China reopening into a negative. Yes, it's possible that the virus will be spread, but then the virus has has more or less weakened over the past three years, which is kind of what happens with these viruses is they mutate to save themselves and they get weaker in the process. Um, can you can you not at least um, realize that people once given freedom, they'll get out there and spend it just take it might take a little while. 
Well, there's certainly, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the investors we track, and we do it through the mutual fund lens, uh, they, they've they been in, in your camp um, more or less consistently, uh, certainly since the middle of this year. Um, we're looking at yet another inflow into dedicated China funds this week. So, um, you know, the rebound may not come quite as quickly, but, uh, you know, we're seeing a very solid consensus that it will come. Mm-hmm. I think so, the biggest so, thing for me has, let me just follow that mm-hmm. up really quickly. The biggest thing for me, I felt myself, even as a, as a journalist and not as an advisor on uh, investing, um, very negative on China when uh, the common prosperity um, was, uh, you know, job one. And the tough regulation and the anti-private sector policymaking from Chinese officials, coupled with the COVID lockdowns, it was very easy to be negative. But now almost all of that has changed, and we don't know if it's sustainable, but it seems like that has moved in a different direction, hence the positivity. Yes, no, and, and certainly in, in a short time frame, uh, I think you're right. Um, in the longer term, you know, what has happened in China between the regulatory action against various areas in the private sector and the COVID lockdown you know, is a very strong signal that, you know, the interests of uh, foreign investors and indeed domestic investors are, are you know, com- almost completely secondary uh, to the uh, perceived needs of the state. Uh, and I think, you know, I think people will remember that for a while. Hmm. Uh, Cameron, people will also remember that 2022 is the year of tightening. And 2023 will likely be the year of living with a tightening. How much pain will this cause, you think? I think there's definitely some uh, more pain to come. Uh, We understandably tend to focus on interest rates because uh, those cross both the policy and the day-to-day living uh, continuum. Um, but, I, you know, I still think that the uh, balance sheet reduction hasn't gotten the uh, attention it might deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does seem to me that a, a lot of uh, sources of demand for U.S. Treasuries um, uh, are sort of on the wane, which could uh, send another shock through the market. And if the ECB sticks to uh, what it said after its last policy meeting, that it will start running down its mm. balance sheet uh, starting in March. Uh, you know, I, I can easily see, certainly in the first half of next year, quite a bit more pain. Right. So, Cameron, having said that, what will further QT mean for risk assets, for liquidity? How will this play out? Sorry, I didn't hear the first bit of that. What will further QT mean for risk assets and liquidity? Um, it will it will mean uh, a serious repricing. Um, you know, they uh, they're taking away the punch bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it is. Bowl, which, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and that sort of brings uh, I- Italy and other heavily indebted European nations back into play. Um, the uh, high yield universe in the U.S. Uh, has been pretty richly valued for some time. So, um, but you know, ag- again, there is definitely an underlying assumption that uh, once the pain reaches a certain point, uh, central banks will back off. Uh, 
Okay, so That's let's set aside China and and the Fed because those have been the two major negatives uh, for equity prices. Um, are there some countries in Southeast Asia, for instance, that would be beneficiaries of the China story that you like? Well, I'll be interested to see if there's a pivot there. That the countries in uh, Southeast Asia that have been getting the most attention recently are attention in terms of positive flows to funds dedicated to them. Um, are Vietnam and the Philippines, and they're very much uh, supply chain relocation out of China stories. Uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on Thailand because uh, it's obviously suffered considerably with the uh, almost complete drying up of the Chinese tourist uh, trade. Um, And I think uh, when people... uh, develop a conviction that uh, the rebound we started this conversation uh, Mm. with is underway, that uh, Thailand will be one of the the markets there that will really benefit. Cameron, we have to leave it there. Cameron Brent, Director of Research. I was going to ask him in 15 seconds (laughs) what what his number one conviction is. Just give us your number one pick uh, at the moment. (laughs) Well, in the in the short term, and funnily enough, the number one pick is Turkey. Um, everyone is piling into that at the moment. Okay, we'll save the discussion on why for another time, Cameron. <laughs> out of time, unfortunately. Cameron Brand, Director of Research at EPF Art. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.